Do you feel politically homeless, lost in the chaos of modern politics, not sure who to believe? Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am stuck in the middle with you. Democrats call him a Republican. Republicans call him a socialist. He is Stephen Reynolds, the man in the middle. Welcome to the Man in the Middle podcast, Season 2, Episode 3. I'm Stephen Reynolds, your host, recording today from the historic WGNS studios located in the heart of the great volunteer state, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Folks, we are now available on iTunes and Spotify and Deezer and WGNSradio.com. Get out there and share this podcast with your friends. Subscribe. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear more from you, and thank you for listening. I've got a question for my listeners today. Do you believe in second chances? Do you believe people are redeemable? You know, my upbringing here in Tennessee and my moral compass has taught me that everyone is redeemable and that people can change. And I believe if anyone deserves a second chance, it's the veterans that have served the United States of America that have served this country. We have Alvin C. York Hospital here in Murfreesboro in Rutherford County. And um, as a result of that, we have a large population of veterans that live here in Rutherford County. And as a result of that, we have a veterans court now, the Rutherford County judicial branch that works exclusively with the men and women that served in our military, giving these folks a chance to redeem themselves and a chance for rehabilitation. My guest today is a soon-to-be graduate of that program, and we're looking forward to hearing what he has to say. Once again, thanks for joining us. I'm Stephen Reynolds, the man in the middle, and we'll be right back. I'm Stephen Reynolds, your host, and joining me today is Mr. Andrew Farr. Andrew is a Marine combat veteran and resident of Rutherford County. Andrew, welcome to The Man in the Middle. Hey, thank you, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Well, it's a real pleasure to have you here, and I ran into you at the uh, City Cafe recently. Yes. And uh, you started talking to me, to me about the Veterans Court here in Rutherford County. Yes, sir. That's correct. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, folks. But first, let's find out a little bit about you, Andrew. Give me a little bit about your background. Where did you grow up? Uh, I was born in Nashville, born in uh, Nashville. back in 77. Okay. Grew up in uh, New Hampshire. Okay. Uh, went to boarding school, went to college, um, worked down in Florida for a little bit, and then uh, enlisted in the Marine Corps. Uh, did four years, three uh, three combat tours. And then got out in 2008. 
got out in 2008, okay? And uh, I know that you're a huge advocate now for the Veterans Court that yes, the county system is, is going. So let's go ahead and jump right into that. Okay. Uh, uh, how did you get involved in the Veterans Court, Andrew? Um, actually, by getting in trouble. Um, I got a, a pretty serious DUI last year. Um, I blew a point two three nine. Um, but my lawyer, uh, John uh, Slagle, I believe his name is, um, yes, he told me about Veterans Treatment Court. And so I uh, applied for it and got into it, and I've been in vet court for about a year and mm, six months. So it's an 18-month program, but I'm gonna, uh, they're, they're allowing me to graduate early because I've been doing such a great job. And um, it's, and I don't want to put down the VA system because the VA tries really hard, but the vet court system here in Rutherford County is, is one of the best programs I've ever been a part of. That's fantastic to hear. So we're helping a lot of people. Yes, sir. We have about 25. I can't give out names or anything, but no, no. Um, we have about 25 veterans that are in court with us, um, and they're doing really well. Everybody's doing really well. That's that's wonderful to hear because I think that most people, Andrew, don't you believe that most people believe in second chances? If anyone needs a second chance, I've gotten a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth. Okay. Um, I definitely believe that um, the merit of a person can be tested and we can rise above anything that's you know put against us yeah i think so too i think people can change and i think that people can change for the better yes they can absolutely and especially our veterans who have defended this country who have carried out uh the policies of the united states abroad all over and and sacrificed your families and sacrificed in many cases yourself yes sir um i think that if anyone deserves a second chance it's definitely our veterans well, you, you bring up a good point because um, a lot of us, when we get out, we have no uh, drive or desire yeah. or any way to go. And um, you, need, um, you need hobbies. You need um, a mentor. A, a mentor. You need um, events in your life, you know, repetition, uh, a schedule of something to do, just like what we had in the Marine Corps <clears throat> or in any branch. We have a structure. And we follow it, a chain of command. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. And so we don't get that when we get out, and you have to find that. Right. They just say, you're done. Yeah, you're done. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, here's your DD Form 214. See you later. Right. And it's so it's up to that individual to reintegrate back into society. It is. And, and it's tough. It, it is very tough. Right. For a variety of reasons. Because uh, a combat veteran is not an easy job. No. It wasn't when I was in. Right. And not you, for the Vietnam vets, uh, not for Korea, World right. War One, World War Two. Those guys those guys had it rough. And I, I did have it rough but not as not as bad as those guys. Well that's that's true and I think it's because society as as a whole is becoming more aware of what we're asking yes. of our military personnel. Uh, it was uncommon for folk you said you did three tours. It that's uncommon. That was uncommon back in then. Yeah. Vietnam you did one tour, two tours, that was it. If someone did two tours, they were like an Iron Man. They were, yeah, they were like, you don't talk to that guy. He's yeah. a little, you might want to watch him. Yeah, but now we have guys doing three, five, six, six. seven, 14. I think I've, I've known a guy who did eight tours. I mean, and he's still in. Wow. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah, I think, I think we're asking a lot. 
I think that that our foreign policy in particular is asking a lot of the men and women yes, in this country. I agree. And I think that we've got to work together to, to start reeling that in and yes, what's sir. the best interest for all of us. Let's go back to the Veterans Court. Talk about the process. Is there a – I'm sure that there is a process that you have to go through. Well, um, you have to get interviewed. It's kind of uh, – it's the in um, inpatient um, interview. Okay. And so they, they mull it over with the veterans uh, treatment team. Um, it's, you know, it's you know a team of probably 10 or so people. I'm not going to give out names or anything. Um, but they, they vote on you, and um, – I was lucky to get in. Um, and so there's five phases. Um, phase one is two months. Phase two is two months. Phase three is three months. Phase four is four months. Phase five is six months. So it's a total of 18 months. 18 months total, okay. Um, and you've got your analysis to do. Um, you've got to do journaling. You've got to go see the judge, whoever you're assigned to. Um, usually it's Judge McFarland. I will put out that name yeah, he's a great do. man yeah um he he does this out of the kindness of, of his heart uh, judge mcfarland himself is a, a 22 uh, is a is a veteran uh-huh. he is a, a marine uh, army officer sorry sir <laughs> yeah. yeah and so um that that's an amazing so we've got an entire program out there so yeah we go through um we have cognitive behavioral therapy we do mrt we do support groups um different meetings uh, usually when you're first in the program, you're inundated with stuff to do. I mean, it's like you're on the choke collar. Mm-hmm. And as you get further in the program, the collar starts to come off a little bit or loosen up. And then by phase five, like right now, mm-hmm. I'm off the collar. I actually uh, just finished up my uh, outpatient um, interview, uh, which was on Tuesday. And then I had my final urinalysis uh, yesterday. So I just I graduate next Wednesday. So if you guys are around uh, the new uh, new courthouse in Murfreesboro, come and see me graduate. Yeah. So so let's go ahead and touch on that. We'll okay. we'll hit it again at the end, Andrew. Sure. But tell folks what will be happening at the courthouse. What what is that? Uh, well, on that um, February nineteenth, there will be two people graduating: um, uh, a Navy veteran and myself. Um, it is February nineteenth at eleven o'clock um, at the new Rutherford County Courthouse on Lytle Street. Um, and it will be catered by Mission Barbecue. So you are more welcome to come um, because the food is going to go fast. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. No, well, Mission Barbecue, once again, veteran. Veteran, veteran uh, supported, veteran. Um, veteran um, I don't, I can't remember if it's veteran owned or not, but they love veterans. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, they do a lot of stuff. Uh, they, they do a lot of stuff. Yeah, so any idea when when Rutherford County started the Veterans Court, Andrew? Do you know when this started? I actually, that's a very good question. Okay. Um, I know it's probably one of the oldest in um, the state of Tennessee. Okay. I just, I can't put a finger on when it actually um, came to fruition. Okay. That, that may be a question for the judge as well. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely be asking. Uh, well, I, you know, and I, I could talk, talk to my caseworkers and they probably know. I know it's a, it's a lot of history oh, with yeah. Veterans Treatment Court of Rutherford County. Absolutely, and so I, I, I doubt you know this, but I want to ask, um, uh, how many graduates so far? Do you have any idea how many uh, graduates? Too many to count. Actually, I know um, they. Uh, when you go to the courtroom, you'll see four stanchions, four flags of four different services, Army, Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force. And um, 
every single time when someone graduates, they get a streamer or a banner with their name on it, and they put it on their um, selected branch of whatever branch of service they were in. And I know for a fact that there are more Marine streamers in his courtroom than anyone else. So I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually know how many people have gone through the program since its fruition. Okay, just, but that's a good question too. Okay, just curious. Well, I know that this has been going on for a while, but not that long. Yes, sir. Let's talk about the big elephant in the room, Andrew. And and, and I know that this is a, a podcast elephant. is about opinions, right? <laughs> just kidding. But I know what, what, that what means. yeah, what what role does addiction play in a lot of these cases? Or can you give me? I mean. We know we have an incredible opiate problem. We do. Uh, in this community. I'm sure that the veterans are not immune to that, that we have some veterans, unfortunately, that are uh, battling addiction. Yes. Uh, with that, with alcohol. Uh, is addiction a big part of, of some of this? And is that part of the program's purpose is to uh, help folks dry out? For yeah. lack of a better and, um, term, for for um, they help. Um, well, I I myself am an alcoholic, grateful recovering alcoholic. I haven't had a drink in about a year and a half. Um, this is uh, I've been a I've been a stand up drunk for about eighteen years. Okay, um, I can't remember the the first drink I ever take was I, I ever took was I was eight years old here in the great state of Tennessee with uh, Andrew Lytle, the famous uh, uh, novelist. Uh, in Mon Eagle, on Mon Eagle Mountain. No kidding. Uh, bourbon and um, it was a silver goblet with ice cubes and um, it was a whole shebang. And uh, my parents, they thought it was great. Um, they didn't, you know, condone it, but it's a part of a rite of passage here. But it, you know, and I've got it in my, I've got it in my genes. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I got old enough, I started to like alcohol a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, I got in trouble in boarding school. I got in trouble in college. I got in trouble in the Marine Corps for drinking. Um, I've gotten, you know, I've lost friends. I've lost family members. I've lost respect. I've lost jobs. I've, I've lost a lot of stuff because of uh, my alcoholism. Yeah. And uh, Veterans, Tre Veterans Treatment Court has, has definitely shown me a better path. Yeah. And AA, too, uh, which I go to a, a bunch of meetings here in town. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, AA and my support system um, has definitely helped me out a lot, especially my wife, uh, Veterans Treatment Court, um, all the v uh, v uh, service organizations I'm a part of, the VFW, American Legion, um, River Warriors. They all are, are helping me mm -hmm. um, overcome this, this grave addiction that's, you know, a lot of people uh, that suffer from PTSD, and you'll hear this sometimes, PTSD and alcoholism kind of go hand in hand, and I, I suffer from both. Um, we saw a lot of bad stuff uh, mm -hmm. in combat, and um, alcohol was a crutch. Yeah, and I was right. uh, I was really good at it, and lost a lot of people in my life. And um, but Veterans Treatment Court helps you overcome, and basically change your thinking, and and use. Use your time to help people instead of being selfish. Mm. You know, I found empathy. I found compassion. Um, I found love for my fellow man and woman again. Which ten years ago, I didn't. I didn't give a. I didn't give a damn about anybody except for myself and my drinking. That's it. And now, 
I mean, I just helped a homeless person Tuesday night. Uh, she was freezing, just coming out from a VFW meeting. She's like, hey, sir, can you help? I was the only one there. Everybody had left and gone home. I called the police. I, all the all the shelters had been closed down. <clears throat> I stayed with the woman for like an hour until the police came, and they took care of her, and then I had to get home to my wife. But, you know, I'm all about helping people, uh, be it veterans, be it civilians, be it whoever, whoever asks for help, because that's one thing that I was taught with Veterans Treatment Court is asking for help. Yeah. A lot of people don't know how to do that. It's, it took me a long time to ask for help. It, it really is hard to do. I can imagine with your training, too, in the Marine Corps, oh, yeah. it makes it even tougher. Uh, but just because of, you know, the nature of the mentality you have to. Well, Marines are alphas. Yeah, they're tough. Yeah. Um, and we don't ask for help. Right. And it, it looks, you know, we're looked down upon if we do ask for help. It looks, it makes us look weak. Uh, right. Which is not the case. You are not weak. Of course Asking for not. help is, is yeah. not weak yeah. at all. Uh, what your, your story is amazing, Andrew. Thank you. And I really, uh, really appreciate this. And, I, you know, what makes me so proud is what I think that I hear you saying is that we live and are lucky enough to live in a community that cares about other people, to your point. Uh, I agree. And about our veterans, especially Rutherford County is um, they they care about veterans here. Um, Alvin C. York, it's a great. I go to the VA all the time. Uh -huh. It's a great building. Um, we have a lot of VSOs here in town, and we have a lot of people out there in the community doing good in Middle Tennessee. Um, my Marine Corps League. I'm a senior vice commandant for the Stones River uh, Detachment. I'm part of the VFW here in town in Murfreesboro. Um, I'm with the American Legion in Nashville, um, eight, uh, post 82, and um, I am the regional coordinator for the Irreverent Warriors Silkies Hike of Tennessee. Okay. And we have, um, and the Silkies Hike, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about this yeah, now. Yeah, go ahead, sure. Um, uh, the Silkies Hike, um, it was founded in 2014 by um, Donnie O'Malley. He's a comedian and founder of Vet TV. Um, he was a Marine Corps uh, combat uh, infantry officer he lost a lot of a lot of friends of his um in 2014 to suicide mm -hmm. and suicide as you know is a huge epidemic that is going on in this country right the last stat i heard was 22 veterans a day 22 veterans a day mm -hmm. um it could even be more because i know there's probably some states that are not even counted um in that correlation but um he founded this uh, irreverent warriors and basically our mission statement is uh, to bring veterans together using humor and camaraderie to promote mental health and prevent veteran suicide. Um, I had the pleasure and honor of being a uh, the coordinator for Nashville, Tennessee last year. Um, Cindy Fiera, Fiero McNally, she's our president, um, she gave me the chance after I was six months sober to put on a hike in Nashville. We had 225 plus veterans marching around Nashville in short shorts, and waving banners and flags of every service, and it was just, um, it was amazing. And um, Reverend Warriors is, is not just in Tennessee. We have, we, we do have the four hikes this year in Tennessee, Memphis, uh, Nashville, Knoxville, and Chattanooga. But we have over 60-plus hikes all around the country, spanning from Oceanside, California, to Key West, Florida, Philly, Boston. Um, we even have a hike in, in Hawaii, uh, Oahu, which will be in the 2021 season, but um, that's uh, good things are Sounds coming. Sounds like fun, yeah. 
It is a lot of fun. It brings yeah. um, these veterans together. We get to right. act like veterans, and we get to be ourselves. Um, uh, no, no civilians are actually allowed in the hike because the best support for a veteran is another veteran. I'm sure. And so we, we, we keep the hike to just veterans, active duty, and reservists. And um, the civilians, they can come cheer us on, give us water. Um, that's fine. That's great. It's just the hike is for the veterans. That is one of our core core values is the veteran. Mm-hmm. You know, without the veteran, you know, that's our that's our mission is is the veteran. Right. I think that's wonderful, Andrew. These, these are such great stories, and I feel so much better about our community just hearing these stories and the things that are happening out there. Of course, I've seen various different groups that are out there helping different people, but uh, but this is just a tremendous story. Thank, thank you very you, much, Thank Stephen. you for share, coming on and sharing this with us. So this is typically a political show, Andrew. Yes. And that's why it's called The Man in the Middle. So let me ask you, in a foxhole, do you care if the guy next to you is a Democrat or a Republican? Um, no. No, don't. you don't. You don't, do you? He's just an American. He's an American. Um, and basically what we were taught in the, in the Marine Corps, you, you watch the six of your, the guy on your left, and you're right. And it doesn't matter where he's from, what race he is, his creed, his ethnicity. doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, all our blood runs the same color. I think right. we need a little more Marine Corps in our society. I, uh, you know, it's funny, Stephen, that you mentioned that because when I went for my MBA, um, I had to take the, the GRE, and uh, my test, um, the the essay that I had to write, was on the two year service that they do over in Europe. It's required that you do two years of service. I think that should be reinstituted, but that's mm-hmm. just me. So you're uh, talking about the European countries that require their oh yeah, and, and that's men and women yeah exactly that are required to serve two years in their military, but typically NATO countries like Germany and Belgium Germany, and Sweden, France, uh, right? Uh, yeah, all of those. But it is required of every citizen to serve two years in the military. You got to see how your government works. Yeah, yeah, that, I you think know, that's important. I've, I've seen my government work. I, I think the cultural, I think the cultural uh, impact of that though. What well, is? Yeah, no, that's true. But because back to what you were saying, that you didn't see black or white, man or woman, you didn't care, Democrat, Republican, they were your... No, they were a Marine. They were a Marine, your right. duty is to help them out whenever they're in trouble. See, I wish we could look at other Americans that way. As uh, I wish civilians could say, hey, you know what, he may be this or that, but he's an American, right? And we need more of that. I think we're I think we're going to continue to go down this road of division, and one of the purposes is to try to stop that. I, I agree. Um, I, but, I, you know, I see I see love and compassion on the streets every day. Yes. I mean, people, people are considerate, and they are helping. Yes. Um, it's, you know, slow, but it, it's, it is – change is slow, and um, it's coming. Change yeah. is a coming. Let, let, let's, let's talk about – foreign policy real fast I, I know i know just give me no no opinion. no no it's okay. it's okay this is a very simple country question a country boy question here okay i think i can handle are, that are we ever going to fix that mess over there in the middle east are you are you asking me as a, a yeah what do you think civilian yeah. now or yeah, as, as a, as a, a civilian former, i, I understand marine. that you had a mission as marine and 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 primarily most of that was humanitarian mission um, some was, yeah. Some was. Uh, we did the uh, dem- we did the the democratic vote in '05 okay. in Iraq. Yep. Um, we were part of that. Um, 2006, eh, we eh, not so much humanitarian. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, 2007, definitely humanitarian. Um, mm-hmm. We actually uh, helped out Bangladesh in 07 when they had that micro tornado. Yes. <clears throat> we, uh, we gave them food and water and, and uh, fished out, uh, helped them uh, recover bodies from the mess. Right. <clears throat> but, um, I don't, you know, I don't know. That's, that is a question above my pay grade. Right. Um, uh, well, and I appreciate that. No, I don't it, to no, put no. You on the spot, I, but as a civilian, I'm looking at Iraq and Afghanistan, where we have been there for 18 plus years. A long time. We've spent six trillion dollars that we put on the credit card, and we seem even for, we've lost countless Americans, countless civilians that we don't even know uh, that that were casualties of war. Um. If we can't fix it with all of that, can it? Can it? Can we fix the issues that are going on there in the Middle East? Do you believe we should be present there forever uh, in perpetuity, or is there at some point should we bring our guys home? I mean, I would love to have our our guys home. We, yeah. you know, being over there, you know, we signed a piece of paper to go over there and defend our country both from foreign and domestic right. people. Um, you know, and that's that's our duty. We just we are told to go. We don't have a say in it. We just go, and that's that's what right. You know, that's what You're being a, your a marine duty. or right. being you know in the service is about. Right. You don't question your orders. Of course you do. Um, but right now I look back. Um, you know, we did a lot of good when we were there. Uh-huh. Um, we took the city of Ramadi uh, from a, a basically a red zone to maybe orange or yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, that was there was a very bad element yeah. in Ramadi in 2006, um, and we we you know we I think we did a, a little bit of a difference. Yeah, well, I I, I don't mean to discount. Oh no no, I, I, can I answer it now? Like, I, I that's for that's for our politicians to take care yeah. of. That's for yeah. our generals, our one stars, our two stars, our three stars. Um, you know, I only was an E4, so I was like low man on the totem pole. My, uh, my opinion, I was an NCO. Mm -hmm. I was in charge of my guys below me. Um, you know, I had to worry about them. I didn't worry about the bigger picture. I just worried about keeping them safe, keeping them safe. Right. And, um, and then, you know, my sergeants were, you know, obviously they were keeping all of us safe. Right. And our first sergeant, and then it goes up and up and our captain, you know, it goes down like this, but you know, um, I don't know. I think um, I think it will end someday. Yeah, and our troops will come home. Um, I just don't know when. Yeah. So I want this. I guess what I'm really driving at for guys like you that that sacrifice so much to be there to defend this country to carry out the foreign policy of this country. If we come home and nothing changes. How does that make a guy like you feel? I know that you completed the missions, but but you lost some friends too. Uh, about twenty six. Oh my goodness! And is that was it worth it? I guess is what I, I know that you you're a dedicated American that will have signed the line, and you're going to do your job. That's what a Marine does. And I think that we have to ask ourselves when we come home, and we will. So hopefully not the hard way because we're broke, which is my yeah. biggest concern is that, that we're out defending the rest yeah, of the I world. Yeah, I did see that on your last show about the uh, the debt that oh, we're, yeah. the country's in. 
Oh yeah, big number. That's what did you say? Twelve zeros. Yeah, twelve yeah. zeros. Yeah, yeah, yeah twelve yeah. zeros. Yeah, well, I paid attention. I think you could stack thousand dollar bills fifty-seven miles high, something like that. That's it, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, so what? I guess is I don't ever want to take away the honor of the sacrifice that our veterans have done to this point in these two theaters, especially in Iraq and Afghanistan. I think any anything that we've done, um, me especially, and, and to those that have, that did serve and, and pay the ultimate sacrifice, I think it was worth it. Okay, um, uh, that's what I wanted to get to. Yes, they explain. They sa- you know they sacrificed their life, and I miss them every day. Sorry, I'm gonna tear up a little bit it's okay um but you know um well our presence there um there the people that die will not be in vain um we're we're, we're still fighting them today and those that have gone before us they are not their deaths have not been in vain we we remember them we respect them and we will carry on in their name and we will honor them by carrying on every day, and that's, and that goes back to to the suicide yes. e- epidemic. Um, I've had about six of my friends commit suicide, uh, veterans, after the fact, after we got back. Um, we just lost a a, a friend of mine um, last week, uh, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he had just committed suicide, and um, you know, and I we've got to carry on. Um, we've got to continue on with the mission and try and save as many as we can. Some people we can, um, and some people um, are are hard to hard to save. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, I'm trying to say the the right thing so I don't no, it's okay. upset people. Um, uh, there are some cases that are extremely difficult. Yes, um, I'm I myself, sure. I am not a counselor. I am not a peer certified resource specialist yet. I will be, but I don't have any. Um, Suicide prevention um, knowledge training. Uh, training. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I was just on the phone last week with a kid in North Carolina. I'm not going to give you his name, but he um, was on the brink. He had a shotgun in his closet. Um, the cops were coming. I called the cops on him to do a health and wellness check, and I. I had to. I really need to. Have, I really need to take some training because I started yelling at him like I was a. A corporal mm-hmm. all over again, right. and um, I was like, "Dude, I, I, I was like soldier because it was uh, it was a soldier, mm-hmm. and I was like, you are a strong soldier. You need to stop this, Tom. You know, I, I used a lot of expletives, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to go on online mm-hmm. and say this right now, but I helped him out, and he's alive, um, and he's actually getting help. And I just talked to him today, and he's going to be going to the tiny village in Tucson, Arizona." the veteran community there and he's um he's gonna get on with his life and and he he went to the va got his meds and and he's on the right path now so i was hoping i was i was happy to help him that's that's so great to hear andrew you know um i know we're very close in age i'm i'm a few years older than you you said 77 i was born in 70 and oh uh, yeah yeah so yeah you're as uh You're my cousin's age. Yeah, I'm huh. a few years older. But, you know, I, uh, after living life this long and, and under the blanket of freedom provided by the United States Marine Corps and, and the other services, all of the don't, other don't leave them out. Of the they serve, that's they exactly do their part, right. too. Um, you know, <laughs> I, the only thing that impresses me today 
is a human being willing to help another human being? And so what you did for this young person in North Carolina, all of those things are the redeeming factors. And I just want to, and I would strongly encourage you to get that certification and help as many people as you can. And, and it's uh, funny that you mentioned that, Stephen, because I've signed up for a QPR class in, uh, with the Tennessee suicide, uh, the Tennessee suicide prevention network, which, um, they do a lot of QPR classes for everybody at, Basically, they tell you, you know, they give you training on suicide prevention um, if you have any friends like that. So I, I have signed up for that, and I look f- very forward to it. I can't wait. And you know what? I, you, you said uh, that another person looking out for another person, that's just, that's just being a good Christian. It really is. And, and, uh, but, you know, you know, when you're younger, you think about a car or a boat or I want to go here or I want to go there. It passes. It, it does. It does pass <laughs> for all of our younger listeners out there, you know. Uh, and so uh, suddenly you start reassessing what really what's matters. What's important in your life. What's really important in your my life. My wife, yeah. my sobriety. Yeah. Um, Irreverent Warriors is so important to me it's not even funny. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and I want to go back to the um, Revit Warriors of yeah. Tennessee. Yeah, please do. We uh, we have hikes, um, obviously, like I said, in the four big cities, Memphis, Nashville, Knoxville, and Chattanooga. Our first hike uh, will be Knoxville, um, and it is May 23rd, and the hike coordinator will be uh, Jesse Haw, uh, a fellow Marine. Uh, next hike will be Chattanooga, August 22nd, and that is, uh, the coordinator is Bobby Smith-Taylor, um, and she herself is a Marine. She uh, enlisted in 92, is married to a Marine, and her son is actually serving Okinawa right now. Um, Nashville um, is September 12th, and you guys know September 12th is George Jones' birthday, oh, well. and George Jones, as you know, is a Marine, or was a Marine, he sorry. He was, yeah. Um, and, uh, that high coordinator is Zach Jenkins. He runs Semper Sliders off of Music Valley Drive. Um, if you had the chance, go and, uh, go and have some of his food. It's, it's amazing. Um, and last but not least is the Memphis hike, October 3rd. And, um, the coordinator for that is Nick Sawal. He, um, <clears throat> he's a great man. He's very passionate about our Reverend Warriors. And he also helps, uh, St. Jude, um, he does a lot of fundraising for them. And so all the coordinators in Tennessee are amazing people and they are all veterans and they all love helping people as much as I do. So please get out there, um, get to a hike. If you're a veteran, active duty or reservist, get out there, find a hike, go to www.reverendwarriors.com, find a hike near you and come and help with us. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome promotion there, and and for all of the civilians out there that can't join this hike, find That's a right. way find a way to support it, whether it be financially, whether you want to bring breakfast, whatever it may be, but find a way to support these guys and show them that uh, hey, we're behind you still, uh, not just when you're in combat, but when you come home, we're still with you, and uh, we're going to do everything that we can to make sure that you reintegrate back into our society. What were you fighting for? Is is to come home too, to right? Home. Uh, yeah. Well, no, thank you Stephen for that. Um now and the volunteers actually of all these hikes all across the country are the, the backbone. I mean, they do the registration, they do the water stops, they give us water. I mean, all we do is hike 2 miles an hour. Right. Um carrying packs. 
sometimes. You don't have to carry a pack, but you know, if you want to, you can. But yeah, the volunteers are very, very important to these hikes. Absolutely. Thank you, Andrew. Andrew, anything else that you would like to add about the Veterans Court here in Rutherford County or about your own situation? Is there anything else you'd like for the listeners of the podcast to know? I um I wanna I wanna reach out to the veterans here in Middle Tennessee. If uh if you have an issue or anything, any a problem, whatever, reach out to someone. Um it may it may help you out. It's uh, you know, reaching out help me. Um and if you can do that, if you can ask for help, you know, it it'll help you a lot. Um, it'll help you mentally. It'll help you physically. You know, get out there. Um, you know, spread spread the word, and you know, help each other out, like we did in the service. We each had each other six, and we 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 covered the six of our le- uh, the guy on the left and the guy on the right. You know, let's do that. You know, let's do that for our veterans of Middle Tennessee, and and all all of Tennessee, um, and to for the Veterans Treatment Court. Um, if you do get in trouble and you are a veteran, I, I definitely um, suggest doing Veterans Treatment Court. But not, not only is, is there a Veterans Treatment Court, there's Mental Health Court, um, there's Alcohol Court, there's DUI Court, Drug Court. Mm-hmm. They have everything for each individual person. So I definitely um, advise you to do any of that if you have those problems. Thank you so much, yep. Andrew. I really have enjoyed you today on the podcast today, and you've Thanks, really uh, made me proud to be an American again uh, just by meeting you. And not that I wasn't already, but but even prouder to be a Tennessean and American because of people like you. Andrew Farr, Marine combat veteran, thanks for joining us. I'm Stephen Reynolds, the man in the middle, and we'll be right back. Look at the blood we're spilling. Look at the world we're killing The way we've always done before Look in the dark we followed Look at the leaders we followed Look at the lies we've swallowed And I don't want to hear no more Welcome back to The Man in the Middle podcast season two episode three i'm stephen reynolds we'd like to thank mr andrew Farr for joining us today what an incredibly powerful conversation we just had you know folks punishment for those who have broken the law is not set up to be revenge but it's to lessen the crime and to hopefully reform the behavior I'm so proud that I live in a community that cares about our nation's servicemen and women that have served this country and their well-being for the future. Thank you to the people in our community that do that. And if you aren't participating in the Veterans Court or supporting a veterans organization, I would strongly encourage you to do so. Thanks for listening today. I'm Stephen Reynolds, the man in the middle. I'll see you next week. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something ain't right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my 